Asicha on Parshas Shlach. It's from Chelek Chav Gimel. It's Sicha Aleph and Chelek Chav Gimel. We're learning as we have been doing in the Schos of our Fosh Lema for Rav Yosef Yitzchak Ben Simachasia. And we are also approaching the Yayim Hagadol Bahanayar Gimel Tamuz. Um, so the Sicha very much speaks to our um, our bond with the Rebbe. And we're going to begin. It's a it's a very short Sicha relative to the Sichas we usually learn together. Um, and and uh, very, very Yisaitistic. Seif Aleph. Ala pasuk shlach lecha anashim. The opening words of this week's parsha, Amru Chazal, and Rashi cites this in uh, both in the Gemara Seita and here in our parsha, Shlach lecha ledaitcha. That Hashem says to Moshe, send for you, send in accordance with your opinion, send in accordance with your judgment. Hainu meaning. And like Rashi says, I am not commanding you. The sending of the Miraglim, of the spies, of the scouts, of the reconnaissance team is based on your judgment. It depends on your opinion. We have to understand. Moshe is described as being a loyal servant of Hashem. And so from this description, it's understood. That surely, based on the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu is described to us as being a loyal servant, it must be that his opinion or his judgment call to send Miraglim, to send scouts, to send spies, flowed from the fact that this was the opinion or the judgment of his master, the Ebishter, Kaddish Baruch And like the next Pesukim themselves, the actual Pasuk testifies, because it says, by Yishlach Eisem Moshe, Al Pi Hashem. With the, with the permission of Hashem. So it comes out that the sending of spies in and of itself was a positive thing. It was something that was good. It was something that was accepted by Hashem. So why the stress on shlach lecha ledatcha? If we understand that Moshe Rabbeinu is an Eved Nemon, then obviously there's not going to be any difference between his judgment or his opinion and what the Ebrister wants. And the Pasuk actually corroborates that. In the brackets, Ukebir HaRamban, and like the Ramban explains, Shahaderech haregila lichbash aretz hi al yidei shiluach meraglam tchila. It's a, it's a logical thing. The Ramban explains that the normal way to conquer a land, to take over a new territory, 
is by sending a reconnaissance team to scope out what's happening there. In order to test what is the easiest way, what is the best way to conquer the given territory. And because Chazal taught us that we're not supposed to rely on nisim, on miracles, we're supposed to do everything that we can in the natural way. Rabbi underscores this word. And there is a responsibility to prepare for war in a conventional manner. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu agreed. When the Eden came, he agreed that, that they should send Meraglim. And so if this is so, how the Ramban explains it, that this is just the normal way. Ain't a move on, it's not understood. Lama Tala Zaisa Kadishborhu Bidaita Shal Mesha Vilitiba Al Kah Milikatilabatsme. So why did Hashem leave this open and specifically dependent on Mesha's opinion? Why didn't Hashem Milchatchila command that they should send Miraglam? We have to understand something else. Rashi explains that the Miraglim, when they left on their mission, were Ksherim. They were good, they were wonderful, they were whole, they were viable. And you don't need Rashi to tell you this. Logically, these were people that were handpicked by Moshe. <laughs> These weren't just people that it fell out of Goyrel or they were the ones that said, fine, we'll do it. Meshur Abinu handpicked them. So once we understand that they were chosen for this mission, then surely the Rebbe says they were not just kshirim, they were not just okay, they were not just viable, but rather they were the most worthy and the most matim. They were the most, um, help me, they were the people who are most fit for this particular shlichus. It's not like, okay, memela. Or, you know, after the fact, okay, I'll concede that they're Ksherim. No, they, they were the best for this. Vim Cain, and if so, how is it possible? How did such a change overcome them? From one, from, you know, from, from one end to the other, from one extreme to another. So here you have people that were handpicked, that were cherry-picked by Moshe. They are understood to be the most fit people for this shlichus. And at the end, not only did they not fulfill the shlichus properly, but they bought, they brought upon B'nai Yisrael a travesty for all time, for all generations. Base. So, why did Hashem not command B'nai Yisrael, command Moshe, 
that this was the way that they should go about the war, the Kibush Haaretz. And the other thing is, it's very hard to understand what happened here with the Meraglim. Here, they're, 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 they're the creme de la creme. And on the other hand, they brought such a big, such a big problem, such a big tragedy. Base. The Yuban Bahaktim Habir Bemashimatinu Shamatara Shlichazu Hesabhlalus Shne Inyanim. The Abbasid will understand this by prefacing first with an explanation on what exactly was their Shlichas. And the Rebbe says that we find that their Shlichas was comprised of two aspects, two facets. Aleph. First of all, they had to clarify, they had to glean the necessary information for conquering the land. Like it says, if you have handy a chumash near you, um, so the Pasuk says, Yudches in Parakut Gibel. Or Mahi Imrav. You shall see what the land is like and the people who live there. Are they strong or weak, few or many? And in what kind of land are they living? Atoivahi Imra is it good or bad? And in what types of cities are they living? Are they living in open cities or fortified cities? So that's, first of all, to gather intelligence about the land that they are about to take over. And And secondly, to gather information about the land itself. And I'm going to read the whole passage. It's Pasuk Chaf. It's the last Pasuk in yesterday's Chitas. And what is the soil like? Is it fertile or is it depleted? Is it poor? Is there a tree of protection? Or not? The Pasuk continues to say, and you shall be courageous. And you shall take some of the fruits of the land. The chelak zehasheni, and this second aspect of their shlichus, shabishlichusum hayonagea ad kadikach, was so important to their overall mission, shemaisha hayrelahem, behis chazaktem vilakachtem epriya aretz. Maisha had to instruct them to be strong strengthen themselves, and take some of the fruit. What does this mean? Because although it meant that by taking fruit, they will draw attention to themselves and therefore endanger themselves, because those that are observing them will recognize that they are not just casual tourists, that they have come to gather information, that they are intelligence seekers. Mikol Makoim, the Rebbe says, still in all, 
But still, it was so important for them to bring fruit back that even though it entailed a danger, it would blow their cover. Moshe Rabbeinu said, be strong and do this. The Rebbe says it's not so simple to understand this. It's not so, it doesn't compute so smoothly. It's true, we have a axiom that hearing doesn't compare to seeing. So they could have come back and talked about how huge and luscious and succulent the fruits were and how impressive and so on and so forth. But nothing compares to seeing it with your own eyes. So despite the fact that Hashem had already told Bnei Yisrael that they're going into a land that is good and is expansive, and it's a land that flows with milk and honey. In other words, the Abishra had already described to them what a wonderful land this was. And Bnei Yisrael are, generally speaking, believers. And the Rebbe says, and in this case, they didn't even need to suspend their logic and just trust. They didn't even have to believe. It wasn't about Emunah. Because they had lived in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim abuts Eretz Canaan, Eretz Yisrael. And so surely they had heard the truth about this land. Still, still in all, the fact that the Abishai told them how wonderful this land is, and the fact that they had lived geographically so close to this land and surely had heard about it, all of this doesn't compare to seeing it with your own eyes. Rabbi says, because what's the mile of seeing you with your own eyes? Because then it becomes concretized, because then it becomes real. And then this can cause you extra joy, extra happiness, extra buoyancy, and it bolsters you to go up to Eretz Yisrael then Eretz Canaan, that would become Eretz Yisrael, Besimcha. So this is such a, a profound and, and interesting point that you can know things logically and you could even believe them, but somehow you still need something more to buy in and that that buy-in is so important because if you don't do that with your whole everything, then you're going to be missing the simcha. Aval mekol and but Rebbe says, but still in all, okay, I understand. Ha'amnam nachutz hadavar kol kach, ad sheyish l'sakin, l'shem kach es chayim shel meraglim. Okay, buy-in is important. Joy is important. You want them to come into the land and to embrace it in full-throated manner. But really, is this so necessary as to endanger the lives of the Miraglam? They could have been killed for coming into Eretz Canaan and engaging in this type of reconnaissance mission. 
So let's just review before we go to Gimel, the three questions that we have so far. Number one, if the logical way to go about conquering a land is through gathering intelligence, why did Hashem not command this? Why was this left depending on Meshur Abinu's judgment call or his opinion and so on and so forth? The second question was, how do these people who are presumably the, some of the greatest people that lived during that time, Moshe chose them because they were most fitting for this job. How did they go so wrong? How did they change not only from being Kshirim, proper people to do this, to people who created, like the Rebbe says, a a tragedy, a travesty that we would speak about until the end of time. And the third question is, we understand that there were two aspects to their mission. They had to scout out information regarding conquering this land. And then they were to scout out information about the land itself. Focusing specifically on the agricultural viability of the land. Or the success rate of agricultural pursuit in the land. So much so that they had to bring home fruit, like Exhibit A, which the Rebbe explains would necessitate danger. So if you make a cost-benefit analysis, the Rebbe says, I understand the benefits of bringing home the fruit, the show and tell. But really, is, is it so important as to endanger the lives of those who are sent on this mission? Those are the three questions. Gimel. And the Rebbe says in one of the explanations, despite the fact that one of the most basic ideas that we learn concerning the observance of Torah and Mitzvahs is that first has to be Nasa. We do, we accept, we subservient ourselves to the will of Hashem. And then it has to be Nishma. We hear, meaning we understand, we learn. But although this is the order, that there has to be hakdamas nasa lenishma, still in all, nasa bilvad enoy masvik. But doing alone, even with the highest level of kabbalas ol, accepting upon yourself the yoke of heaven and understanding that we can't understand, and all of this good stuff, it's not enough. It's not enough to just fulfill what the Ebeshter wants in robotic fashion. There must be, after the nasa, after we do, there must be that second step of nishma, of understanding, of analyzing, of ruminating. In other words, the nishma is not to get us to the nasa. The nasa has to be, for sure. But that's still not enough. There has to be the nishma. Miloshen havana. Nishma, it's not just to hear. It's not just to listen. It's to understand. And the Rebbe brings down a passage from Shmuel Aleph. Kemoi daber kishemea avtecha. 
speak, says the Nabi Tashem, because your servant is listening, your servant understands, your servant is engaged. And the same thing applied regarding going in to Eretz Yisrael. It's all true that Hashem Lepene Yisrael know that this was going to be a good land, an expansive land. But it was Hashem's will. That Bnei Yisrael should see and that Bnei Yisrael should be convinced they should be convinced of the goodness of the land with their own cognition, with their own intelligence. Don't take it on faith. Don't take it on blind faith and don't even take it on, on informed faith. But rather, you should understand through your own seichel and it should be proven to you how good the land is. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu commanded that they should bring of the fruit of the land. So that their entrance into Eretz Yisrael should be not only because Hashem commanded, so therefore they have to do what Hashem commanded, but rather it should come from their desire. They should understand with their own seichel how desirable it is that they should be excited, that they should be anxious, that they should understand how amazing this land is, how desirable, what a great gift. And the same is true regarding the other aspect of their mission. The first, Levarer, to clarify, what is the proper way to conquer the land? Again, the kavana, the intention was that Bnei should see and it should be proven they should process it, I guess, like we would say today, and they should come to the conclusion that yes, this is possible. And yes, Chani, exactly the difference between Eved and Shaliach. And this is also the reason why this is why the Abishter did not command regarding sending the Meraglim. But rather, Hashem said to Moshe, this has to be on your impetus. It has to be on your own steam. 
לדייתך, מאחר שהמכוון בשילוח המרגלים הוא לפעול בבני ישראל, נשמע בנגיע לכניסה לארץ, because the whole intention of sending מרגלים was in order to effectuate this level of nishma, that B'nai Yisrael understand it, that they want it, that they are excited, that they are embracing this. So the very mission had to begin, it had to percolate from the ground up. It had to be l'daitcha. Because that's the only way that it can happen on the level of das, on the level of cognition, on the level of embracing it as a human being must, first by understanding it. Because otherwise, it's going to be only on the, on the level of nasa. It's going to be because Hashem commanded you. So it's going to be, okay, you're robotically doing what Hashem wants. Dalit. Ba'al pizeh yuban gam ketzer hamiragla sh'aisa shak sh'erim hayu yuchlu la'giyah l'nafila kazu. And now, based on what the Rebbe said in Si'if Gimel about what the intention was we can better understand how it is that people who, when they left on the mission, they were kosher, they were complete, they were viable, they were, they were good. How did it happen that they fell so far? So much so that they said, we cannot do this. It's not possible to go up to this land. Because the whole mission was about nishma, it was about analyzing, gathering data, and experimenting how to go into the land. Through their cognition, Therefore, it was possible for them to enter into a mistaken um, cost-benefit analysis. Because everything that the Miraglim said about Eretz Yisrael and those that populate the land, that it is a very formidably strong nation, and that amongst them are giants. It was all true. And their conclusion as well was cogent. There did not seem to be a way to conquer this land. The Nimza. And so it appears, it would seem that the Meraglim fulfilled their shlichus. The Abishra said to Moshe, send people who will gather the facts 
and come back and give you a report based on their intelligence. So they came back and they did exactly this. And everything they said was sound and everything they said had a place in Seichel. So it seemed that they completed their shlichus. But the central point of their mistake essentially was they did not just come back from a fact-gathering mission and put a file on Moshe's desk, but they added their opinion. In conclusion, we cannot go up. It's not possible. Moshe Rabbeinu did not send them for the purpose of coming back to him and telling him, is it possible or not to get to conquer this land? He sent them only to figure out, figure out what is the best way for them, for B'nai Yisrael, to conquer the land. But he didn't ask them for their opinion about the plausibility, about the viability of the project. On the contrary, from the very fact that he sent them on this mission, to research and to analyze the proper way to conquer the land, this just proves that this was a viable project, that this was eminently doable. He didn't ask them if it's doable or not. Rishi. Yeah. Question. Esther, um, regards from your precious Eniklach and your son and your daughter-in-law. Thank you. Amazing. You in Arizona? I am. Amazing to watch them in action. Oh, you were you are in Arizona? I oh. am indeed. Oh, 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 enjoy. Enjoy every minute Thank of you. it. Thank, Thank you. you. So you were at the graduation yesterday? I was. That was only one of three things that your son had to lead. Thank you. Um, in one day. In one day. <laughs> um, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't just so for clarification. Maisha says to them, the purpose, or the Rebbe is saying, the purpose was this for the Nishma. Okay. So, and, and talking about Das, Das is perception. It's where we fall into the picture, it's where and our knowledge. Right. So it's our perception or our analysis that is taken into on a personal, <clears throat> it's already subjective. So that's exactly what they did. What exactly did Misha, what was wrong? Oh, um, what was wrong with them? Exactly what is that I was saying here when they were asked? Okay. Now that can I add right, I'd like I'm to so add perfect. to that question. Sorry, thought you finished. So I just want to clarify what exactly did they do wrong? Even if they said the wrong thing, 
why cannot it be counted as, okay, we gave you a minute to, to analyze this from your own, from the nishma, your own perception. And okay, so they made a mistake, but why, why is it so drastic? Do you understand when this was part of their mission? So exactly what is that ever talking about here? And I'd like to add to the question that's leering uh, um, at us, clear, okay, that um, the whole thing was to be able to do it besimcha, to, with your das to realize and to bring an extra simcha. So by going to Eretz Yisrael and them sing al-pisechel, that didn't bring more simcha. Okay, they should have had more Kabbalah all to Moshe Rabbeinu, to what Hashem wanted. But if the whole purpose was for them to see it and they should feel it, besechel, that it was great, they weren't going to do that. But if, if we answer, Rachi, to answer your question, if we said, if their premise was going in, believing that, of course, Hashem can take us in, but Hashem wanted them to feel it with their own eyes and see it, then they wouldn't have had any anxiety. The anxiety was because they felt like, oh my gosh, how are we going to be able to take over these people? Really, if they went in with the premise of Hashem can take care of us, and of course Hashem can take us in, Hashem wanted them to see with their own eyes, wow, this is so uh, rich and, and the, the, uh, you know, luscious, the land. Oh, that's amazing. Then they would have had more joy. But the, all the anxiety that came really was because of their lack of faith that Hashem could do it. But I think Esther's question, I, I hear with that has space, but I think, Rachi, that maybe can be eliminate the question. You're right. Thank you. I, I, I think I could be wrong, but um, I have to say that the reason I gravitate towards the Sikha this week is because, you know, we're, we're coming to Gimel Thomas and I feel like the whole thing is just jumping off the page as a, as a direct, a directive to us. And maybe Esther, Rahi, if we kind of bring it to our life, right? So the Rebbe is saying, I mean, I was not saying, saying this, but what I'm hearing is, I don't want you to be avodim. I don't want you to be my little minions, my little servants, my little robots, my little acquiescent little army. I, I actually want you to be my shluchim. And here I'm talking in the, in the widest sense of every, every chassid and every person that doesn't know that they're a chassid or chassida yet, I want you to fulfill my mission. And I want you to find creative and ingenious ways to do it. And each one of you is going to do it in a different way. But I'm not asking you if this is what has to be done now to bring Mashiach, for instance. I'm not asking you if now is the right time to put up these crazy, big, ginormous menorahs all over the landscape. I'm telling you now all you have to do is find the best way to do it. And that is in an Esther of Das, because you're right, Das is about the self being connected. So it has to be Lidaitra, because when we go about the fulfillment of the Rebbe's directives, but it's in like sterile fashion, because we don't bring ourselves to the table. I guess this is where I use the term show up. So if we don't, if we're not completely engaged with our das, then that's, that's not what the Rebbe wants from us. So Moshe Benu 
yeah, he wasn't asking their opinion of the Ishkot to Eretz Yisrael, but in the Kibush Haaretz, which really, if you think about it, that's what the Rebbe wants from us now. Rebbe says, I'm giving it over to you. I did everything I could, and now I need you to do the Kibush Haaretz. And it has to be L'daytcha. I'm not going to dictate to you. But what's interesting is that with the Miraglim, they are asked to make a judgment called It's not like Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, Hashem is saying, just go. And like, I want you to take on this mission with joy and, and take it all in. They are supposed to make a judgment call. Like, how do you assess this land? And they did come back with an assessment to Esther's point. And then that assessment seemed to be what got them down this rabbit hole of problems. But from what you're saying, it seems like we're, I mean, I hear what you're saying and, and I get that, but. But again, the Rebbe is saying, yes, make an assessment. Yes, write a report. Yes, give me all the data. Yes, give me your analysis, but not if the project should be undertaken, but how the project should be undertaken. So why don't you just say it, my Beno? You know? I'm not asking you how, uh, if, I'm asking you how. I mean, it's always, I'm feeling like, there's a, like, I don't want you to be a soldier, but be a soldier. I mean, if you're not a soldier, you don't come to freaking Uruguay. I'm sorry. Okay, so, that, so that's exactly the, the razor edge that we live on. Rachi, if you wanted easy, you should have made sure that you weren't born into a Chabad family. Well, we'll have to say or gravitate towards a Chabad family. It's not for the faint-hearted. You're right. It's living on the edge. Yes, Maseichel, but at the same time with enormous Kabbalah soul to the overarching Shlichus. It's not a simple place. It's not a simple place. I think maybe that was the key. Maybe that's the key. What you just said. Maybe that's the key. That you have to go with your own. Not you have to. I want you to go with your own perception. I want you to go with your own das. The purpose here is to develop a personal attachment. But the underlying thing must be at all times Kabbalah Sail. And that they may have been missing. The Rebbe fetches this thing in so many sikhas. The underlying thing, hand, and this is the Kabbalah, so this is what they yeah. wants. Yeah. It's what the Rebbe is sending me for. No matter what, no matter when, it doesn't make any sense. And I don't see how I'm going to overcome. And I'm not going to win this battle. It's not going to happen. But the, the, Ebersh, the Rebbe promised me, or the Rebbe, the Rebbe Ebersh said, I will overcome, just do a little bit, and, and, and it'll open up. That maybe... <laughs> the lesson of the Maragam. That's what the Rebbe was trying to, the underlying factor must have the element to succeed because it never looks like you can overcome. There are a lot of sikhs. In practical terms, we weren't taught how, 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 how that should happen. And the men for sure were not taught how to make that happen, that your das is up to like, what does it mean to use your own DAS? Let's say you're not a type of person that could run a community, but you're fantastic in, I don't know, um, in speaking. You know, you're not a people's person to make a community. Let's, I'm giving an example, right? 
but you were sent, you're, you're, you're here, you're, you're in a, a place that you're supposed to build a community. Okay. So that would be, okay. Have the, have the, have, have the understanding and the skill to hire somebody that would be do, do X, Y, Z while you do your own DAS type, your own, you put in your own talents. Do you understand? I'm, go, I'm getting into the nitty gritty. You understand? The person doesn't express necessarily, if you were sent 30 years ago, your own talents. That's, that's the, new, the new shluchim and the new new shluchim. You understand? The original shluchim, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm original, but I'm just saying the older shluchim from the mems, right? We didn't use art necessarily. My, uh, I used my own talents. I did what had to be done because there was no one else here. I don't know if I'm... But, I, 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 but maybe what Rifki's saying about walking on the... You are Mr. Snefesh and surviving another day. Oh, Mashiach didn't come today. I think there's a before and after. But Rafi, uh, that's probably exactly what the Rebbe was talking about when it comes to shlichus. That's exactly what the Mraglin needed. They needed to go there just like that. And maybe right now, like what you're saying about walking the razor edge, I, I think maybe it's to our detriment that we get so caught up in what is my skill set and am I using it? Because then a lot of times it becomes about me and really we need to lose ourselves in this picture in order for it to happen. And we're so busy trying to express us. I'm, I'm can only speak for myself, but sometimes it's like, hold on. Am I using all my talents, abilities, et cetera? Whereas really, if I can let go of that, maybe I can allow the bigger overarching picture to come in, which is what it seems like the, you know, the, the, what the Rebbe is saying over here to me. I think, okay, first of all, thank you. But at the, and maybe that's why there's a certain atzlacha, let's say my personal situation, because it was just pure Mr. Snefesh, Mr. Snefesh for so many years. And that's why that maybe attracted a lot of people. But if you live on Mr. Snefesh, I feel that, it, that that's not shlach lecha anoshim. That's not l'dascha. That's not, that's not, okay, whatever. Thank you very much. But I get what you're saying. Khani, it did help me. Thank you. Listen, the reason we're, we're grappling with this, the reason that we're having this conversation is because this is such a difficult thing. It's like uh, the original impossible meat, whatever, possible burger, whatever they're making today, like it is and it's not. And, it, you know, like, like Sipo just wrote in the chat, like it is a higher level to go with Das than to go just as a soldier. Only with Monsieur Snefesh. But what, what the Rebbe always wanted from us was Atmos. And Atmos is a place where two diametrically opposing things merge. And, and it's not a simple balance. And it constantly has to be, you know, checks and balances. And you're right that there were things that were done purely on Monsieur Snefesh, seemingly with Without seichel, without understanding, and you could even say that maybe it was necessary for certain things to be "quote unquote" broken through with that approach. And then there's the other layer of daitra of specifically your skill set. I mean, we could think about this for many, many, many hours. Um, but it seems 
clear that what we're saying is that the very greatness of the shlichus is what makes it so dangerous and so vulnerable to corruption. Really, 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 we're back to the whole story of Eitzadas. Why did Chava eat from the from, from, from the Eitzadas? Abisha told her not to. But she knew that she could unlock a higher level. The higher level comes with a lot of pain and a lot of danger and a lot of messiness. I'm not on my own device, so I can only catch what's in the um, chat if I see it, like when it's coming across the screen, because I'm afraid to do anything and then I'm going to lose the whole thing. <laughs> I'm just. Just wrote that maybe it was like stage one to go on pure Messiris Nefesh, and that was what was needed so that today people on a lower level, I'm talking about like, you know, this generation could go with us. I mean, it means it's throughout yeah. lower level. I'm, I'm very jealous. First of all, I'm jealous of them. I know that, you know, like Shusim and Isis, you know, of, of, of all that I've done, you know, very nice. But I'm just saying that, you know, it's much more fun to do it with us. I mean, it, like it's so much more exciting if I would have gone on Shluchas today with doing what I like and, you know, I don't know. I think I it's, find- don't you think it's more exciting to take like dynamite and blow up a mountain than to like think about your skill set and take like a personality test and figure what you're good at? No, 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 because I like my personality. Rachi, everything that you did was with Mr. Snepesh and very much through the funnel of your personality. You're never going to convince me otherwise. Okay, but it's, it's, it's okay. Now, another thing okay, I wanted to say. Enough. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Go on. No, no, no. I can talk forever. Bye. I was going to tell you, Zaglachayim and a little bit of goat milk. If hey, can I just say something because it might be good for everybody? Oh, it's being it's being uh, recorded. My husband discovered that Jersey cows, if you're lactose intolerant, you could drink that milk and cottage cheese and cream cheese. My husband just had milk and cheese and everything for the first time in fifty years. Jersey cows. Okay, just put it out there for wow. the first time. Are, Thank you. Are are you importing this to the United States of America? Because their fat it's content is not my is personality. Tired. Business is not my personality. I didn't get it in the genes. It didn't come down to me. The fat content is higher, so there's less milk protein. Okay. Thank you for that public service announcement. Hey, Tara Milashan Haira. So everything that we learn is an instruction. And so therefore it's clear that the Torah has instruction for us as to how to be saved from this very misstep of the Meraglin. What's the Eitza? So what are we being taught? The name of the parsha is, after all, shlach, etymologically rooted in the in the notion of being sent, being an emissary. 
על יהודי לדע שגם כאשר הוא מסעסי בעבודה של נשמה, every Jew has to know that even when involved and invested in the avoda of nishma, of understanding and ruminating and analyzing, to understand it with his own seichel. At the very same time, we have to remember every moment that this is all being done as an emissary of Moshe. Listen to what the Rebbe is saying here. Forget about that you're doing it because Moshe Rabbeinu sent you. No. But even the fact that you are struggling to understand it, that you are engaged in the process of processing, that too is not because that's what you want to do. But because this is the divine will, because this is a celestial will. It's, it's a very interesting and, and, and deep vartir. It's not just that you have to fulfill the mission knowing that you're an emissary, but even the investment of your mind and your heart is because that's what the Mishaleach wants you to do. And then, and only then, and only when we remember every moment that the very latitude that we've been given to use the tools of our cognition and to use the modalities of our own talents and our own personalities, this is also only alpi shlichus. So it's not like, okay, so now it's so stratified and you could choose if you want to deal with young children or you want to deal with teens or you want to deal with college kids or you want to deal with young professionals or you want to to deal with the elderly. But it's a fallacy to think that that's really the case. Because just like in the early days, like the Rebbe said, Rabbi Sudak, you'll, when, when he said, what should I do? The Rebbe said, you're going to go and you're going to find plenty of things to do. But again, whether it's this amorphous thing called shlichus, you'll go and you'll, to a new country and you'll find what to do, or you're being hired for something very, very specific, but really the Hatzlacha hinges on knowing that all of it, even the investment of the self is only alpi hadibor. It's only because that's what the Mishaleach wants. And only then, and only then, that we won't stumble. Not only in the Nasa part, but also in the Nishma part. Doing it in this way is an insurance policy. And here the Rebbe is going to explain something about Seichel. Rebbe says, and only by engaging even in the personal buy-in, as it were, can we be assured that the conclusions that we come to through our Seichel will be 
the proper and the true conclusions. And the Rebbe says like this, in Yanai shal seichel hu, livchoin ulevar es hamuskol kafisha hu lamitasai. The purported goal of cognition, of intellectual inquiry, is to clarify and to test the, the thesis, so to speak, to test the truth and the authenticity of a certain idea. And in order for that to happen, al ha'adam levatel es kol hanetiyes in order to really engage in intellectual inquiry, you have to put aside all of your personal biases. And only then can you bring yourself closer and can you really uh, point yourself in the direction of what it is you want to actually understand. So it's the polar opposite of what's happening in academia today, where you start with the conclusion and then you look for data to bolster that thesis, right? Unfortunately. But the Rebbe says, but truly engaging in intellectual inquiry, in daitra, means to purge the field, to cleanse the field of any and all personal biases. Look, 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 look what the Rebbe is saying here. When a person engages their seichel and they become deeply invested in something only for their personal pleasure and gratification, azai ein mushleles his issues, then you cannot obviate the admixture, the corruptive influence of personal biases. So much so that a person will try to conform the data to their own thought process. That's just the way people are. So if you're engaging in this for your own benefit or your own pleasure or your own preconceived notions, you will find a way to skew the data to conform with what you already believe or want. And the Rebbe says, The Rebbe says, and this is a different way of understanding bribery. And what does the Torah say about bribery? Bribery is such a dangerous thing. It's such a powerful thing. It's such a noxious thing because it could even blind the eyes of Chachamim, of very, very great people, the Yisali Divrei Tzadikim. And it could completely skew the words of even the pious. And the Rebbe says, De l'chaira, seemingly, The Maimar Chazal is saying that this is what bribery can do, not to pedestrian folk on the street, 
to Chachamim and Sadiqim. The Torah is saying about these people, these are great people. So it's not just like a mother says, my Berala is such a Tzadik. These are real Tzadikim. These are real Chachamim. And if this is so, how is it possible that they will take bribery? Ella, but rather the Rebbe says, I'm introducing you to a deeper, more subtle understanding of this. Sheikhat should not be understood in this very simplistic way of you take money under the table and this leads and expresses itself in you saying an untruth. Ella, but rather, calls man. Any time, the Rebbe says, that a person is not focused with their thought process on the actual mitzias, on the facts, but rather the person is focused on themselves. They're focused on their existence. How am I going to feel about this? What is this going to do for me? How is this going to curate my image? When a person is thinking about themselves, it's not possible for them to have true understanding of the matter at hand. It's a meichadikavot that the Rebbe is teaching us here. Daitra has to be understood properly. It has to be parsed. Daitra about the thing is different than Daitra about yourself. And it's a very hard thing to be able to distinguish between the two. And this might be why the Rebbe said that it's a Bakasha Nafshis, that we should have people that we talk to, that have a little bit more of a remove because it becomes so difficult for us to understand what's happening in our minds and in our hearts. It's, it's not so simple to parse, am I thinking about the Indian or am I thinking about myself? When, when, when most of the time the Indian is, like we feel like there's no daylight between the two. Could you explain it I, again? If not, if not what I'm trying to do. Sorry? Could you explain that again? Because what do you mean... <clears throat> Okay, you're thinking according to your education and your beliefs. You're not thinking about the thing itself. But that's so how do you separate let's, yourself let's, from your education? Let's let's read let's read it again. The Rebbe is saying, "What is shaykhat? What is bribery? Especially the Torah is telling us we're talking about chachamim, we're talking about tzaddikim. So it can't just be, you know." Uh, you're getting $5 million for you and $5 million for your son, uh, and, and you're just going to turn the other cheek or the other eye. No. Something else is happening here. So the Rebbe says like this. The idea of Sheikhad is not just you take something, quid pro quo, and then this leads you to saying an untruth. Ella, but rather... 
שמחשבת האדם אינה אידס המציאס כמויס שהי. Rebbe underlines those words. For as long as a person's thought process is not strictly focused and trained on the Indian, objectively, I think that's what it means. But rather, it's about himself and his existence, his personal existence. Then it's impossible for this person to have a true understanding of what it is they are trying to study. Let's take the situation in Israel. Let's not get into a can of worms. I'm just saying you uh, open a can of worms. I'm just saying you... Uh, so if not for my education and being Chabad Chassid that I try to be, I just look at the Metzias and then I have a totally different opinion about what's going on in Israel. You know, without getting into details, I'm saying. So if I'm not thinking about my, I'm just looking at the thing, Kamoshehi, without, Dafka, without my Metzias, without who I am. It's two different scenarios. You said something before that I didn't understand. You said something like about your, about studying yourself or realizing it's about yourself. Like you said something that I can't remember the words. Um, um, it's the age thing, but basically. I, I, I think that you, in your example, of giving an opinion on a political situation or whatever is different than I think what the Rebbe is talking about here, which is when it's about your charge, it's about your mandate, your shlichus. And, okay. and, and the Rebbe says here, and I know, Hannah, you're, you're up next to speak, um, but let, maybe if we could just say the next paragraph, learn the next paragraph, and the Rebbe says, therein lies the rub. That was the reason for the mistake and the fall of the Meraglim. The Chesaron was not in their report. The Chesaron was in the attitude. They were lacking bitl. It wasn't even that they were lacking bittel in the nasa. They were lacking bittel in the nishma, in the thought process, in the study, in the analysis. Hannah, Hannah Perlman. Okay, that just answered one of my questions. Um, but the other question I have is, you know, we recognize this in ourselves even. Sometimes we give a report or we, 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 we just, it's a, part of, it's a part of our nature. And we see it in other people that there's not that total accuracy because in some way you're protecting yourself. Or it happens all the time in, in, in human discourse and, and human thinking. Why didn't Moshe give them that warning? And Moshe knew that. So why didn't he give him a warning and say, we don't, I, don't give us your opinion here. Just give us the straight facts. Why was not 
that's something that he went out of his way to make sure that this wouldn't happen. I don't know, because <laughs> Moshe uh, never consulted with me then, and it's not consulted with me today. But maybe, maybe, who had that's exactly it. That it's to teach us, among many other things, the Indian of what does it mean to be a shliach. And again, if that would have been said in full-throated fashion, then that might have knocked out the possibility for them to exercise the choice of having bittel in their nishma. In other words, the whole thing, what the Rebbe wants to underscore here is the Indian that goes through all of his terror, kayach atzmai. It has to be your, you have to be a stakeholder here. Like the Rebbe said in his very first, when he took on the Nisias, that don't talk yourself into the fact that I'm just, you're going to ride on my coattails. We're going to do this together. But if it's together, then I can't take away your agency. And I can't dictate to you about your bittle to me, because then it's not your bittle. <laughs> then, then, see, that, that answer, the Rebbe starts with this question of, is it Ladaitra or not Ladaitra? Because two psukim later, Rashi says it was with Hashem's agreement. So if it was with Hashem's agreement, why don't you just give us a command? We're really back. Your question was really an iteration of the first question that I've asked. Miriam wrote before, very succinctly, that it's not about us. It's through us. So I wanted it to, to me, it's like every, every basic idea like you referred back to Adam and Chava and, you know, from the beginning is this nuance danced over and over with different scenarios of balancing how much of it is about you, which is usually not a lot and how much is through you, but the you, I put capital because with your talents and abilities, they matter. You're an individual, you need to contribute, but it isn't about you. It's through you. And I think this story is, is like the whole Tyra, including that's what we're here to do to try to whenever we get a little bit more you know it's about me and my abilities and my talents and we have to go it's not about me and then whenever it's not about me no but I'm here and it needs to be through me and I don't know that we ever find a very clear firm ground to stand on because it's a dance it's not a stagnant like stay in one place and you you got this it's it's a struggle it's a challenge and maybe the struggle is to remind us about this every single day. And that, that we cannot achieve equilibrium because having the sensation that you achieve equilibrium is in and of itself the beginning of the problem, the pathology. Right, the beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, I, I don't know, reminds me of like this, this um, there's an old, there's an old uh, discussion, there's, there's an argument if every single day that a chassid is not by the Rebbe, they have to say tefil sadera. Or no, you don't say tefil sadera. In other words, you wake up feeling that you are where you're supposed to be, or you wake up feeling that you're where you're not supposed to be. The answer is both. You are and you're not. It's like Shnaz Abinyan that the Rebbe said to build, but at the same time, personally, I, I got an answer from the Rebbe 
obviously before Gimel Tammuz, that I told him that I should um, buy an apartment that was going to be ready in two years. Like if Chasusham that I wrote, Chasusham Yisakim Mashiach Lavai Kodem, I was going to find something before. You know, like how could I buy an apartment in Uruguay? This is like in 1990, and then after that came Shnasa Binyan. So it's like, whoa! Do you understand? I mean, I understand what you're saying. Do I understand the Indian? No. But I, I, maybe that's the point. I also don't. I, you know, something we don't know. Let's let's all say it. Thank you. We don't understand this because look at the next line of the Sikha. And then I'm going to I'm going to really have a lot to say. So I'm putting it on mute. But when the Miraglim felt their existence, but once they were involved with themselves, when 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 it was about themselves, that brought upon them that when they saw the giants, they did not see that or apprehend that or perceive that with the dispassionate understanding that the Abish just said that they're going to go into this land. They have nothing to worry about. They just have to figure out this road or that highway. No. When it was about them, it brought upon them a dreadful fear. They felt themselves to be like grasshoppers. And this erroneous perception that flowed from their, from, from this place of self was the bribery Shehita Asiklam. This caused them to go astray cognitively. We cannot go up. So the bribery here is not an external factor. It's the internal factor that, that, that makes them go awry. Avo. This is so fascinating. This is so remarkable what the Rebbe just did. It's 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 beyond. It's beyond. Das by nature, according to what the Rebbe is saying is shaykhad, Das by nature has shaykhad in it. You cannot avoid it because Das is biased. Das is my perception where I connect to the idea. Right. So in of itself, Das must be biased. So that's a shaykhad in a sense. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. But to but the Rebbe saying to make it neutral, what do you need? Bittle. You have to remember. You have to remember the Mishalayach. You have to remember Moshe sending you. You have to remember what the Abishter wants here. So in order to neutralize your Das, where it does have Shaykhat, because it's impossible that it doesn't. Shaykhat, I mean, Das is, is personal. Otherwise, it's not das. It's my perception, how I attach to the concept. So then what happens now? It's only me. It's only my own perception, and it's going to be biased, and it's not going to have the information. So you must remember Bittl. Which is precisely what the Rebbe says in the next paragraph. This has to be underlined and put on the refrigerator. 
אבל הזכר אס היסא שליח, שלח, בשלוחי של אדם כמוסי. But when a person remembers that they're a shliach, and what is the inning of a shliach? That you become like the person who sent you. L'shliach ein metzius ishis, v'chol metziusoi hi metzius ha-meshaleach. A shliach doesn't have any personal existence. His entire existence is the meshaleach. And Esther, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Otherwise, otherwise, das is ipso facto our undoing. Exactly. But, but when we attach ourselves to the Mishaleach, then it becomes the das, the ultimate das of Adam Yoda Eschava. The ultimate knowledge and the ultimate fusing. And maybe that's why there's an altavart by Hasidim that if Shleim HaMelech would have known about a Rebbe and he would have written Shir HaShir about a Rebbe and not about a man and a woman. Can I add one more thing? I don't usually... Absolutely. Um, this was an answer that we got from the Rebbe, and that's why we're still on Shlechus in Ottawa. Um, we got a very clear answer from the Rebbe to stay in Ottawa, and that the, the Shliach does not make... The Mishaleach does not make a mistake. And even if a person thinks that he's not being matzliach anymore, he should know that the mishaleach did not make a mistake and sent him there, and he has the compass of the mishaleach to remain there and to continue to be successful. Thank you so much for adding that. That's, 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 yeah, we all need to hear that. And there were, there were a few people that got such an answer. Yeah. And through attaching ourselves on this way, where we remember constantly who we are and what we are, we become the Shluchim of Moshe. It means attached and connected to Moshe, who is me from him. Like, like Yeshua never constantly the Shliach's thought process is it's not about him. It's about the fact that he is a shliach of Meisher Rabbeinu. And only then is this person not vulnerable to bribery, this new understanding of bribery. And therefore, is able to fulfill his mission of scouting the land. And the Rebbe keeps going back and forth. In other words, on one hand, it necessitates your, your intelligence, your cognition. And on the other hand, it's only about thinking about Maisha. 
but only in this way are we able to I'm so sorry. I don't know. I got kicked off of the call, but can you hear me? Okay. Um, until we have the fulfillment of the promise, that Hashem will expand our borders, the vias Mashiach Tzedkenu, with the coming of Mashiach, the Mheira, the Amenu, Mamash. I also wanted to add before we open up to discussion <coughs> that there are many, many, many sikhs where the Rebbe stresses that being a shliach is not about abandoning our seichel, our creativity, but this idea of bitl b'metziah to the mishaleach. So much so, here's the vart, that your das becomes the das of the mishaleach. And in Tavshim Tess and Pasha Shlach, the Rebbe asks how Moshe Rabbeinu was not put off. How was he not scared away from this? <laughs> when the when the, when the said to him, why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu run the other way? Why didn't he understand that this is a minefield and that there could be a terrible takala from this? But the idea is, the Rebbe says, that that's precisely what the Abisha was saying to Moshe. Moshe was not alarmed because he understood it as a mandate, as a charge that you have to take it from here. You have to own it. But your daitcha has to ultimately be the das of the Mishalaya. So again, it's like what we've been saying the whole time. It's like this is exquisite dance back and forth, this, this balance, which, which seems impossible in many, many ways, but is what, is what is being asked of us. And in halacha, it's an interesting thing about the idea of a shliach. It says in halacha, the shliach shal adam kemaisei. For instance, a man can give a get to his wife through a shliach. But what's so fascinating about this, and maybe this will help us here also to understand this, is that on one hand, the shliach is, is nothing. Literally, they're nothing. They're a proxy. They become the, the arms and the legs of this, of this husband that sent them to give a, a, um, a get to their wife. On the other hand, you can't be a shliach if you don't have cognition. A child can't be a shliach. Somebody who has deficits in understanding can't be a shliach. In other words, you have to bring all of you to it 
and, and be nothing at the same time. Would you like to just explain the bribery concept? I just am having a little trouble understanding what it was. The bribery is not something that somebody is um, offering you from outside of you. Like here's a carrot. Can I, can I say? I'm sorry, Rebetan Jaffe, can you say again? Because I, I, I couldn't hear you. Is it just me or, or can anybody hear? Okay, so maybe we'll circle back. So Tsipa, I, and anybody else that can help, please chime in. The way I'm understanding it is that the bribery comes in the form of us putting ourselves at the center of the equation rather than the Indian that actually has to be studied. So we're not thinking about the Indian bereft of how it's going to affect us. And that's, and that's what can skew our ultimate um, decisions or, or conclusions or, or, or actions based on that. I'm not gonna say what I wanna Please. say because it's really me thinking of what it's me, it's me. And therefore, I'm going to not say say and ask and do everything else right now. So, okay, let me think about the sicha because it, it, it's me, it's not really me because my sicha, but yeah, it's sicha with bitto, but at the same time, it's like, you know, talking about Chava, Hashem wanted it to happen, right? She did a good thing. She did a great thing. I mean, poor us, you know, we're blamed for Chava, you know? I think, no, Ebisha didn't. Let, he he didn't let it happen. He didn't want it to happen, but he let it happen, and that's a very big difference. He let it happen. How do you know Hashem didn't want it to happen? Why wouldn't Hashem want it to happen? I mean, that's when the game started. The the Ebisha let a lot of things happen that shouldn't that we think shouldn't have happened, but they did happen. Did he want it? I'm sure he didn't want it. He would have preferred it without. No, but it, then, I, then the whole idea of Chirchoshes came into the world. And Hashem didn't want to create, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, uh, right? He didn't want a Tachtainim where everybody was soldiers. It's, you know, it, Hashem, I think Hashem wanted it to happen, but who's, uh, who am I? I don't know if I have the bitl in there. I got to think about it. You know, I don't know if I got to think about it. Should I think? Should I not think? I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting week I'm going to have here, Rifki. Thank you very much. Listen, <laughs> there, there, there's the, the whole Indian of of sinning. There's there's on this, right? That the whole idea of sin, of the whole idea of the rupture of Eitzadas, it's 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 neged haratzin and it's lafi hakavana at the same time. It happens by default. It doesn't. Ha nothing can happen by default. It happens because ultimately the Abishter wants it to happen, but it is painful and messy and not lefi haratzin that it should happen. At the same time, that is lefi kavana. 
So it's 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 a very complex place, but I think it's different than this idea of shlichus. It's connected because of the messiness and the possibility of the fallout from using from the whole idea of daitcha of being vested with the possibility of using your your mind. I That's think a lot, a lot of people going to shlichus thinking they'll do A, B, and C, and it it does it, it doesn't happen. So. And they end up doing something totally different. But when you, you know, I can only say from experience, I have a lot, many years to look back and say, the Rebbe wanted us to do this, not what we wanted to do. He knew what we were capable of. And I didn't know, I had no idea. But we did what he wanted, hopefully. And uh, I see Paris, we do see Paris from it, it's, you know, the other way would have been our way, but maybe would have seen not very much uh, anyway. That's that's um, years of experience, which yeah. But there's a difference between parents that you uh, there's difference of parents that you invested your sechel and talents in than parents that just happened because it's just miraculous the amount of Bali truva. It's just like so. Therefore. Um, Okay. By the way, that's um, Pimenta's song, Mitzvah Goret Mitzvah, Daverat Goret Avira. As Echer Shash Avira Tigror Mitzvah, Tigror Mitzvah. Okay, I could have sung it, but I think men hear this shir, so I was careful. I used my brains. I think either way, as soon as we start talking about Paris, we probably are mixing in our own judgment which probably would fall into the category of maybe Sheikh I don't know I talk from experience some of you are quite quite young and I am not young anymore so oh I yes you are in my head I'm still 21 I'm still really a three-year-old but that's the only place that counts <laughs> No, it's it. the rubber, the rubber. I, I would never, we would never, I would never have dreamt when, you know, uh, that we were capable of doing what, what we did or what I did. No, nothing. I, I had no plans, really. I was new to Lubavitch, new to everything. And um, the rubber knew better. Definitely knew better. Uh, Riffy, can I just say a... Uh, um, Esther, a, stop already with the, with um, the asking. Oh, oh, it's not for that. Um, interestingly, the Kliyakar says that Maestro should have sent women. And we Thank never... you for saying that. I just heard it. I heard that it was a barbanel. I heard that it's the Thank you. I just heard it three weeks ago. Thank you. Yes. And had he sent women... They, uh, we never would have had this problem. The men would have probably had to come get us. When you look at the price of love, but that's a, it's a, a serious, um, it's a serious mafart. I mean, it's not, and that's a very cute. I I, I use this example. I I, I want to add something that I don't know. If, whatever. Um, when it comes to, um, it was after the Maraglim that the Abish, that Marshabain asked the Abish there to rest the shchina on 10. The concept of a minion happens from Maraglim because you had 10, 12 tadikim and 10 made a terrible mistake. 
And it is from, it was here that Maishar Benu said that we will not be able to survive if you have 10 sadikim and they can come back with a bag of report like this. How can the future survive? I mean, here they heard the word of Hashem. Their own, they, they took, they were at Mount Sinai. They saw the Nisim. So, so, the, so Maishar Benu said, because why? Because it happened twice already. It's the second time that you have 10 sadikim come up with a, a bad plan. First time by the brothers, and they sold Yesu. Third time would be a chazaka. So the Abishter, so he said to the Abishter, how are we going to survive this? Will you rest your shechina upon me? And that's where the concept of a minion comes from for 10 men. I mean, I, I'm sure there's other places, but this is one of the, where he asks, this is by the Miraglim, when he asks, would you stress, would you, would you, would you um, rest your shechina on them? But the women weren't involved. And women being involved in that kind of a setup would not clean anything up for the men. The men needed this because you have 10 sadikim. But there's nowhere in history where you have 10 women who want to do something righteous and they sit. But in the concept of being counted, in counted, we find the whole concept of minion by, uh, by Avraham. By by Stephen Amar, he comes to the saving the world. He says ten because he knows eight can't, and in the eight of Nayach, where he brings an example, you have four men, four women. So when it comes to saving the world for good, women count equally. He didn't say ten men then; it was ten people based on Nayach. Okay, but in the concept of a minion, we look at it as a negative for women that we are not counted, at least that's what the world tells us, but it's absolutely the opposite. The men needed to keep them directed even when they are tzaddikim, so there shouldn't be shaykhad mixed into it. That's exact. And for us, it, we sh and, and then the Kiliyakar says, you should have sent women. We'd have had no problem in the first place. Anyway, L'chaim. L'chaim, thank you so much. So shouldn't we be afraid if 10 men righteous men get together, then maybe some, they're going to do something wrong and it's going to be a chazaka. Maybe we should be very wary of it. No, Moshe took care of it. Moshe yes. took care of it. He did? That's exactly the point. He asked the Abishter to set his, to rest his shechina on 10 men, no matter if, no matter what, if they're davening, if they're doing oh. something positive, he, Moshe took care of it. That's the point. Is there, is there, so, uh, so we would be freed up so we don't have to babysit the men. So we could do what we need to do. <laughs> the, the, uh, is there a situation? His first explanation that he explains is why did Maisha choose men? So he connects it that it was the Parsha right after Miriam and Lashanhara, and that the women are maybe more, um, have more of a, uh, I don't know, affinity to speaking Lashon Hara. So send men, they're not going to speak Lashon Hara. And then he gives the second explanation on the word Lecha that Hashem says to Maisha, you could choose men, but if it was up to me, this is the Klayakar saying, I would choose women because the women love Eretz Yisrael more than the men and they for sure wouldn't speak Lashon Hara about the land. So you have, you can go a lot of directions with the Klayakar, but it's definitely an interesting uh perspective that had the women been on the job, it would have looked differently. Although I don't know what Chava would say. 
question. Is there a, uh, an example of Lidatra, but not totally Lidatra, Datra with Bittel? Is there an example from the Torah that it did work? That this whole concept worked. It didn't work in Eitzadat. Moshe was afraid for the disaster that Taka happened. So let's 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 see a good story, a story, a positive story that we can learn from. What do you mean it didn't work with Eitzadat? Eitzadat opened up the possibility of going either way. So any time that we make a choice to do something that the Ebershah wants us to do, that's the positive legacy of Eitzadat. Okay. I'm talking about as a historical thing that, let's say, like a, a repeat of what happened with Moshe. Moshe realized that this could be opening up, a pro creating a, a terrible situation that it ended up being. Where do we see in history that this happened, but it ended up in a good way? Mashiach coming. That people... I, I think... I, I think... I think this is where the Rebbe juxtaposes, but I, I, I didn't learn anything recently. I, so I, I'm just, in the recesses of my memory, I think the Rebbe has is where he compares that when Yeshua, when, when they actually years later went into Eretzal, Yeshua sent Miraglim. But there was a positive, there was a positive uh, outcome because they went with a different, with a different sense of Bittu. I'm not mistaken, but I would have to look it up. Also, this is a repeated pattern, as we're saying, but Mashiach's coming. This is like the final tikkun of this situation, and we're kind of all in this together, trying to make this balance between Das and what we're supposed to accomplish. And so we're going to accomplish it. Mashiach's going to come, and we've finally succeeded in something that needed the tikkun all along. Yeah, that's perfect. That's so correct. Okay, wishing everybody a most wonderful week filled with Hatzlacha and Bracha and every Refua and Yeshua. And uh, we should be able to use our Das in, in the right way. It's Hashem. Thank you. Hey, Sean.